And at that time, my daughter, she was 14 when I had the heart attack. So that was a real eye-opener for me, is I didn't want my daughter to go through life not knowing who her father was. Losing weight isn't easy, and some days we can feel like we need some extra help. Welcome to the Weight Loss Warrior podcast, the show where we share inspiring real-life success stories from normal, everyday people like you and I. Listen to how each of our guests managed to overcome their personal challenges to lose the weight they wanted as they talk about the secrets to their success and give great advice that you can benefit from. Become part of our tribe and use the Weight Loss Warrior podcast as your source of motivation and support to help you on your weight loss transformation. And now your host and friend, Carl Radley. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Weight Loss Warrior podcast. I'm Carl, your host. I hope you're doing absolutely fantastic. I'm joined here today by a gentleman from Ontario, Canada, who has an incredible story to share, to be fair. And I think, you know, his journey of weight loss and managing some of the things he's dealt with, which he'll tell you all about, is very inspiring. And for any of our listeners who are looking to perhaps make improved in their journey, or need a bit of a motivation to get started. I think Blake's story is really going to help. Blake, welcome to the show. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you so much, Carl. It's great to finally chat with you. We've been, like we were saying earlier, we've been trying to do this for a while. Absolutely. And the things I, I should have asked you this before hitting record, but should I refer to you as Blake or, or the Silverback Viking, which you're better known on <laughs> social media? Uh, for right now, we'll say Blake. The Silverback Viking is more my alter ego when I'm actually in, back in here, actually doing my training. Wow, that's a serious <laughs> setup of gym there um, that you have there. That's, uh, it's it's quite nice. I'm not going to lie, having this set up at home. So yeah, brilliant, fantastic. I I did once have a gym in a garage that we have outside, but then the children have now taken over it, and it's a gamer room. So uh, it's no longer a gym, but it's good for me because, to be honest with you, I get to go out and for, you know working from home, being at home a lot. It's actually really nice to be able to just get out of the house and and disconnect and focus on myself for a little bit. So it's actually yeah, I understand better. that. So Blake, why don't you tell us a bit about yourself? Oh, my name's Blake. Um, my alter ego is the Silverback Viking. Um, best way, I guess, is just to jump right into this and say uh, just over six years ago, weighing well over 530 pounds, I dropped dead from a heart attack. Wow. I was walking down the a street in Toronto, Ontario. And like I, I had symptoms leading up to this for a few months. I'd, I'd try to walk up a flight of stairs and felt like my heart was going to jump out of my chest. Um, the pins and needles in the left arm world would be spitting and being uh, your typical early 40 year old guy at the time, I was just, Oh no, 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 I'm fine. You know, I can just push through it, push through another day. I'll be good. My favorite saying is, Oh no, no, my heart's just working through a chunk. It's, it's fine. And uh, yeah, that one day it wasn't fine. I just, I, I couldn't catch my breath. And I remember reaching out to grab the wall of the building next to me and the next thing I know I was being brought back with not a hundred percent true. I remember some stuff from when I was on the other side, but wow. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Blake, what a harrowing experience. And that was just over six years ago. Did you say? Yeah, it was January 18th of 2018. Okay. So I got used to it being 2024 now. Yeah. Yeah. Don't tell me about it. And just as I get used to it, it'll be 2025. So, um, exactly. And Blake, if you don't mind me asking, like, Obviously, you you said, I think, 530 pounds. Yeah. Tell me about your life up to that point where you suffered the heart attack. What what led you to become 530 pounds? It was a, a mixture of factors. Um, 
one of the thing was, is one of the major contributing factors is I was in the middle of renovating a house at the time. And so for some reason, I thought it would be smart to renovate the kitchen first. And then be, instead of getting that room put back together as a functioning kitchen, mm -hmm. I started working on other parts of the house as well. So I didn't have a functioning kitchen for, uh, I think it was about nine months. And during that nine months, I'd order in <clears throat> every single meal. And I wasn't making healthy choices at the time either, because one of my favorite, like a lunch would be a couple of Big Macs, a couple large fries. And we all know how healthy that is for you. Mm. And yeah, just doing that and not being as active as I should. And there was uh, some beverages drank at the same time as well. And it just, I, I like to say little by little, the weight crept on, but it actually came on pretty quick, but I didn't really see it at the time. Um, at the same time, I was also eating to hide my feelings. It's something I always used to do is like, oh, I did really good today. I'm going to reward myself and go out for dinner or had a really bad day. Let's uh, feel better by eating this sort of idea. Okay. So that that's uh, some of the food triggers that I've been working on most of my life as well. And, Still uh, working. And that's what I was going to ask. If that's something that, you know, emotional eating and having a relationship that's, that's based on emotions with food, that's something that you've been managing for a number of years. It, it is. I actually, on my actual website, I have an article that I wrote about uh, two years ago, actually entitled food triggers that I cover a lot of that in. I'll put, make sure I put a link to that because for my listeners of the podcast and so many people out there, emotional eating and food triggers are such a, a prominent thing as part of their journey. And unfortunately for a lot of people, they feel that if they lose the weight, that will solve all the problems and then they'll be happy. But and you, you're, you're sitting there shaking your head and I think that's a knowing look as well. But yep. <laughs> unless you actually deal with all the internal stuff that's going on and the reason you emotionally eat in the first place, it's actually very difficult to either be happy or to make that change yep. sustainable and long-term. Yeah. Um, when I'm training or I'm talking to one of my clients that I train or even writing, I, I write for a fitness magazine here in Canada now as well. Or if I'm writing an article for them, I quite commonly refer to what I call the Holy Trinity, which is your physical, mental, and emotional health, uh, well-being and how the three of them are, are intertwined. And I didn't realize how much they were intertwined until I started my physical journey. And as that progressed, my mental strength improved as well. And little by little, the emotional, uh, I'm working on that too, because uh, you know, those dark thoughts, they do creep in on occasion. So. Absolutely. And I think as well, if, if you don't have those three of the Holy Trinity understood well, or you're only focusing on one, I don't think it really matters how much progress you make overall, because without working on the other two or all of them in balance, it almost, exactly. it almost drags the other one down. Um, yeah. Yeah. You, you have to work on getting that balance. That's amazing. And you discovered that obviously as part of your journey and was it, straight after that heart attack that you had and you know you you luckily they saved your life and, and you're still here to tell the tale was it then that you decided something has to change yeah i'd actually decided probably a week or two before the heart attack because i like i mentioned i was having a lot of the symptoms i knew something bad was coming hmm. and i knew i had to make the changes but that heart attack obviously that was the hey dumbass wake up if you don't that was my literally my wake up call was dropping dead, being brought back, which made me realize that sitting at home, ordering a couple large pizzas, eating a couple of Big Macs, um, 
drinking a case of beer a day by myself. That, that was not the best way to take care of myself. Of course. So like, who knew? <laughs> yeah. But the thing is as well, sometimes I think that you have to be, have a bit of compassion for yourself there because when you're actually in that and down that rabbit hole of abusing your body and, and be it through food, be it through drink, drugs, whatever method of avoidance people choose just to kind of numb whatever it is that's going on in that moment. And that's why I was drinking. I was trying to numb what was going on. And it's, it's just, and when you're in that, the, the avoidance or the need to just feel numb usually overrides your willpower, motivation, caring to do something better for yourself. But I guess for you, you were given an ultimatum, which was quite literally lose your life or change. And so yeah. you chose to change. I, I did. Um, my father was in his fifties when he passed away. Um, wasn't health related. My dad actually worked outside, had a hard physical demanding job. He was in great shape his entire life. Um, he was struck down by cancer and lost the battle while he was still in his fifties. There's 10 years between my brother and I, I'm 10 years older. So my brother was only 18 when we lost her dad. And at that time, my daughter, she was 14 when I had the heart attack. So that was a real eye opener for me is I didn't want my daughter to go through life, not knowing who her father was. So that's a big reason why I've been pushing myself and I, I want to be here for her. I, um, about two years after I had the heart attack, I drove the three hours to go visit her. She lives with her mom. And we went out for a little walk that day. And because the phone I had wasn't the best quality, the GPS told us to make this turn in the trail to that turn in this turn. And we ended up 20 some kilometers over for the opposite end of where we parked the car. Mm. But even though we were tired, it was great because she actually was struggling to keep up with me which just, I, it made me feel good knowing that I was able to keep up with my daughter, even after having abused my body for so many years. Absolutely. And so that was just, it's just one of those memories that's always going to stick with me. And I'm sure something like that as well, being there for your daughter. And it's usually these, these stories, like you say, getting lost or something happening, the unexpected, but she'll probably hold very close to her heart as well. And, you know, for maybe different reasons, but it'll be one of those core memories that, you know, that time that, Dad made me take a yeah. wrong turn and we ended up 20 kilometers away. Well, well, just last summer, I, I picked her up. We were spending the day together. And so I, she gets in the car and she, well, I said, what do you want to do today? She goes, well, I'm not too sure. So do you want to go for another hike? Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. And I love the fact that you've, you've found that inspiration as well. Now, obviously I, I, I believe Blake that you have to also want to do it for yourself, but sometimes depending on how you're feeling, depending on what's going on in your life, sometimes it's easier to kind of put that motivation into somebody else or that reason the why yeah, somewhere else as well. Especially when you're first starting out hmm. um, until it becomes a habit ingrained into your lifestyle, do whatever you need to do to keep getting back into the gym, making the healthy choices. How did you lose the weight? How did you manage to lose? Was it over it, 300 pounds that you lost? It, it was a shade over 300. Um, it literally started out just by walking. Um, I, I obviously changed my eating habits as well because mm -hmm. instead of eating the pizzas, the Big Macs, <clears throat> I, I'm on a very regimented meal plan. I Right now, I weigh every single thing I ate. I eat right down to the gram. Um, but the main thing for me, and also the thing is too, is when I fell from the heart attack, because of how heavy I was, when I fell, 
I tore the ACL and damaged the LCL and the MCL of my left knee. So I also had to have surgery to recover from that. But I couldn't have the surgery on that until my heart was strengthened up and they needed me to walk to strengthen my heart. But I couldn't because of my knee. <laughs> oh, wow. That's, that's a difficult situation. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it, it took a little while. To, first, it just started off by changing the way I ate, um, doing my best to be active, even though I was recovering from all this. <clears throat> and the weight did slowly start to come off. But after, I think it was six months after the heart attack, it was about June, I was able to get the surgery on my knee. And then that took another couple of months to um, rehabilitate the knee enough that it could actually support my weight. But I would go with the crutches and just in the backyard of where I was living in town, it was maybe 50 feet from the back door to where the fence was. And so my goal each day was, even though I was on the crutches, was to get from that back door to the fence and the first couple of weeks I had to hang onto that fence when I got there in order to catch my breath and get strength again to go back to the house. But it just, that's how it started. It was just hobbling through the backyard. And then as I lost the weight and my knee got better and I got stronger, I started just going for walks. I, I love hiking now, which is something I never thought I'd enjoy. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, it, it's just, it's become ingrained in my lifestyle now, just, even in the morning, I get up um, two and a half hours before I start work and I come out into the gym and I do fasted cardio for only half an hour before I start work. But I find that sets me up better than a cup of coffee. And mind you, I won't mention the couple scoops of pre-workout I have with the <laughs> that'll, that'll do it. That might have something to do with it too. But, <laughs> but you know, it's having those routines and we, 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 we're creatures of habit. We have routines, we have habits. And it all really comes down to whether habits that work with us in our favor and help us or work against us and are detrimental to our health. And being able to replace those bad habits that you had, you mentioned, you know, stopping the McDonald's, stopping the, the you know, the drinking the pizzas and, and that lifestyle. Was it difficult for you to switch after so many years of, of doing it in a certain way? I think it... it it wasn't easy, but at the same time, I knew what the consequence of not changing was going to be. I already had that wake-up call. And it's actually funny you mentioned the habits because the last article I just had published for Inside Fitness Magazine was actually about how to change habits. Oh, wow. Okay, <laughs> well, this is something I work on with my clients a lot, and I'm a massive fan of it. Ever since reading Atomic Habits by James Clear, I've I've really it's a really, really good book if you've not read it. I, I, I'm going to have to write that down. I'll, um, I'll, I'll grab it later. <laughs> absolutely. I'll send it to you, but I'll also put it in the show notes because it's one of the books that for me as part of my coaching has really shaped how I approach things and also how I've lost weight myself and how I approach habit change for my own benefit as well. And it's, it's really like, incredible. Never mind my transformation. Like you've done an amazing transformation yourself. Oh, I appreciate that. Thank you, Blake. And you know, I, I, if I'm honest, I still don't think it's fixed 100. I don't think it ever will be 100% fixed forever. And this is me just being completely honest because I, there's a lot of people on social media. There's a lot of people on the internet who are basically selling snake oil. They're, they're basically trying to get as many people to buy their products as possible saying, you know, you'll be cured forever. But if you're somebody who has either struggled with mental health, you're somebody who has managed your weight badly or, or been able to, unable to actually manage it in a good way for many years. I think there's always that thing in the back of your mind that's, you know, a bit worried or apprehensive of what might happen in the future. But the, oh. the good thing is, though, and let me know if you agree, that 
there are so many things you can do to strengthen it, strengthen your mind, strengthen your mindset, your well-being, that, that holy trinity that you mentioned, emotional exactly. well-being, mental health, and physical health. By working on yeah. all three of those, it gives you the best opportunity to be okay. And like, I've been in this lifestyle for six years now, which I know isn't that long compared to some people, but those, I, I refer to them as dark thoughts. Those dark thoughts, they still scream so loud some days. And it's getting better now that I know what works for me to, to try to kind of quiet those voices down. Mm -hmm. But there, there are days where they do show pretty loud. So yeah. it's that constant struggle for myself that I have to work on. And I know before when those dark thoughts would start up, I would run to the kitchen to find something ooey gooey covered in chocolate. And that's what would help me because I, I have one hell of a sweet tooth. Okay. But I was pretty happy with myself yesterday. Like even though yesterday was one of the toughest days I've had in probably four or five years for, for my mental health, I'm proud that I stuck to the program that I'm following and I didn't run to the kitchen and had a drink. I didn't run to the kitchen and eat that ooey gooey chocolate thing that I'm going to stop thinking about right now. But <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Let's, let's not keep talking about that, but you, yeah. <laughs> you know, Blake, first of all, well done. And thank you for, for sharing that. Cause obviously I can see this is a difficult thing to talk about. And we talked about this a little before hitting record that there's so many people who suffer with mental health and especially men who don't talk about it. And like you said, people see you as this big, strong man and, and don't think you could be vulnerable, but it's quite often not the case. And so it even becomes harder to talk about it because there's that expectation that you may not you know, have weaknesses, but we all do. We all have weaknesses. We all have things that bring us down and sometimes crippling, like to the point where I've spoken to people who couldn't even get out of bed for weeks because they just couldn't find the energy, couldn't find the motivation or anything to do it or, or maybe just couldn't find a reason to and yeah well those voices there yesterday they were telling me that the place would be a lot better if i wasn't in it and i i came sorry just give me one sec take your time i'm ashamed to admit how close i came to actually acting on those yesterday like it, yesterday was a really rough day for me but today is better. And I just, that's what a lot of people have to realize that even though no matter how bad things are at that moment, it will get better. You just got to push through and get to that better day. Mm -hmm. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. And I think it's very brave to talk about it, Blake. It really is. And... One of the things I think you mentioned about, you know, quieting down those voices. And this is something that I learned through my own coach, you know, from being coached myself in that sometimes we try and suppress those thoughts or feelings or, or the voices. We try and push them down or, or block them out. Don't let yourself feel them. Um, there's a rapper these days named Dax. He has a song called to be a man. Mm -hmm. And if you listen to the lyrics of that, he, 
pretty much explains exactly what we're talking about how there's that stigma around being a male in society and how you shouldn't feel those things. So that's what we do is we push them down, we hold them inside and we just force our way through the day because that's what's expected of us. Of course. Whereas the reality, and this is something I've learned, is that processing those thoughts, processing the feelings and emotions and, and learning ways and techniques to actually deal with that is actually a much quicker route to feeling better. Because, yes. and I usually use the the... Um, the analogy of a, a beach ball. Like if you have a, a, an inflatable ball that you, you try and hold under water. Now you can hold it underwater while you, you're there, but the second you let go, it comes flying back up. And it's, yeah. I, I felt that with a lot of negative thoughts, negative emotions about my journey, about myself, that I could kind of suppress it or, or hold it down for so long. But the second you kind of let go, it comes up with a force and usually quite a lot more than it initially it had. smacked you right in the face. Exactly yeah. that. Exactly. Yeah. So. In terms of changing your diet, Blake, you changed your diet and you, did you see the, the weight loss happening quite rapidly? Because I would imagine if you changed it to something quite healthy, just the sheer amount of calories yeah. you were no longer consuming probably made a huge difference. When I was able, when I changed the meal plan and I was actually able to get up and start moving, doing the walking and everything, uh, started lifting the weights, the weight did come off quite quickly. Um, when I had first started losing the weight, um, my I lost my dad to cancer uh, over 20 years ago now. Uh, it was stomach cancer, so he had surgery that removed the majority of his stomach. So there's a reason why I'm going down here. <laughs> um, so he could not eat very much at all. He had a feeding tube and everything. And my dad was 6'2", 270 pounds, uh, about 130 when he passed away. But he lost weight very quickly. When I started my journey, my mom saw me losing weight very quickly and her mind went to, oh my God, he's sick. And I keep telling her, no, mom, mom, I'm getting better. Mm. That That's the difference is that in this case, I'm getting better. But yeah, the weight did come off quite quick. Um, I used social media to track my weight loss the first go around. And there were times where I would lose 10, 11 pounds in a week. Mind you, being such a big person at 500 plus pounds, I had the weight to lose. I understand. So. And I think as well, yeah. And, and I think the more you have to lose or the, the higher your starting weight, those initial losses do come off. And, and also just from the fact your body composition changing in the fact that, you know, you're you're reducing the water retention, your diet's changed, so your body's holding on to less liquid. And yeah. those initial losses, and they're so important as well because they get you off onto a really good start and you realize it, it gives you hope and realize that it is possible. Yeah, but you have to be careful with that too because that's a two-sided sword because you start off losing weight very quick, but then as you get smaller, you don't have the weight to lose, then it starts to come off a lot slower. So people have to be aware of that. That's, honestly, I'm so yeah, glad you mentioned that. Gonna, um, sorry? I'm so glad you mentioned that, Blake. Really, thank you because I think this is where a lot of people can become disheartened on their journey when the weight loss exactly. does start to slow down. And, and and it's not just that number on the scale. I, I tell any of my clients or my friends who have asked me about the, how to live a healthier lifestyle, and I tell them, take your measurements. Because even if that number on the scale isn't moving, your body composition is. It, it will make a big change, and that number on the ch uh, scale may not move an it or move one pound either way. But you can see the difference in somebody going from this to this kind of idea. Of course. And the whole shape changes, the muscle, the, the like you say, the composition. So just the way you look and the fat could literally be melting off of you 
And if you're gaining exactly. muscle, if you're becoming stronger, the way you look will be different. So I, I completely agree with that. And I, I say it till I'm blue in the face, but the weight, the number is just data. It's, it's great to tell you which direction it's going in. It's great to zoom out and look at the trend. But there's a lot of people who rely from one week to the next on a specific moment, at a specific day in that week where they pin their success or failure on. That that was me for the first at least year of my journey was I lived or died by that number on the scale. Mm-hmm. And what made you change? What 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 happened in, as part of your journey for you to be able to look at it from a different perspective? When I realized that it's more to the fit lifestyle, the weight loss, and just what that number on the scale said, I shouldn't let a number decide how I felt about myself. So as I, when I first started my journey, I, I was doing a lot more cardio than weightlifting and the, the weightlifting came into probably a good year and a half, two years after the heart attack. Mm-hmm. And that's when I really had to change my focus on just that number on the scale because the number was starting to come back up, even though the pants I'd be wearing would be falling off of me because my waist was getting smaller, but I was gaining weight. Mm-hmm. And that's why I tell people, make sure you take those measurements. This is where progress pictures come in very handy as well. So you can see where you started from. And even though you put in all this work and the number doesn't change, you can take that initial photo, your most recent one, compare them side by side, and you can see the difference. Absolutely. I have a a girl I'm training right now. uh, She's actually a fairly good friend of mine. Um, And just in the past three weeks, she's not a big girl to start with. She's already dropped nine pounds, but... On her, it looks like she's taken off about 20 just because she's taken it off right around her waist. Um, she was so excited the other day. She had to change the the uh, hole on her belt from where she usually wears it. She had to tighten it up. So I'm <laughs> sitting here smiling listening to that, Blake, because I one of my, my happiest moments about losing weight was the day I had to bring a belt downstairs and punch a hole in it because it I, yeah. it, it was it was just too big. And honestly, cutting the end off that... that um, the, the belt to make it smaller and punch a new hole in it i i nearly put the skewer through my hand but it was it was worth it you know i still feel like oh trust <laughs> I me i get it I, I remember those feelings very well and um <laughs> you, you're absolutely right in what you say and the fact that you, our bodies do change and not pinning it all to a number is so key as part of the journey so I'm, I'm really glad you've raised that because i think for a lot of people here and i'm not bashing or knocking any weight loss method because i know there are a lot of them that do focus on that weight but it's just there's so much more to the journey than how much you weigh. And one way that it was explained to me that I really, really liked was someone said, if you woke up tomorrow, looked in the mirror and absolutely loved, you have the body you wanted, you were healthy, you loved what you saw, would it matter what the number on the scales would be? And the answer is no, it wouldn't matter at all because you'd love what you see. So, so why should it matter at every stage through that journey as you're growing into that person who you'll love to see in the mirror? And that really resonated with me. That was, that was quite powerful, I think. Um, I, I love that. Uh, right now, I'm, I'm doing uh, kind of a personal challenge for myself. Okay, tell me about I'm that. Turning, uh, I'm turning 50 in October. Okay. So I, I'm calling this the road to 50. And last year, like for the five years previous, I was weighing absolutely everything I ate. So last year, I decided I wasn't going to compete in any kind of shows or do any photo shoots or anything. And I was going to try to find a, a better balance between being a the the single guy bodybuilder where I lived and breathed for just getting in the best shape I possibly could to meeting my wonderful girlfriend and her kids and 
I was trying to find a balance so that just, just a better balance in life. Mm -hmm. Um, didn't quite work out the way I pictured in my mind. Cause I, I did, I ended up putting about 40 pounds back on over the course of last year. Okay. So what I want to do for this year is by the time I reach 50, the beginning of October, I'm going to put in as much work as I can between now and then, and just show that that age is just a number. If you put in the work and you live a healthy lifestyle, it doesn't matter if you're pushing 50, you can still get yourself in great shape. And I've had friends of mine ask me like, oh, so what's the magic number you want to hit this time around? Because when I did a bodybuilding show two years ago, I said I wanted to step on stage about 240 pounds. Mm-hmm. And I actually stepped on stage at 229, which was wow. ridiculously low for me at the time. But right this time around, I don't have that set number, but I have a look that I want to achieve. So that's what I'm focusing on now is going for that look instead of the number. That's brilliant. I, I love that. And I think if, I don't know how many competitions you've done, but looking on your profile, I've seen some. And so, so that one that I've seen of the photos of then um, in absolutely amazing shape. But something I have to, to point out is that when you're training for any kind of body composition, you know, event competition anything like that the way you get your body prepared into actually being fit for that isn't sustainable either in the same way and it's not even truly that healthy for you no to get um, because i i'm six foot seven i have a fairly large frame and for me at 229 pounds um i was actually having a hard time even standing just i felt so weak at that weight Mm -hmm. And uh, about a month later, I did a photo shoot um, with the official photographer for one of the physique associations we have here in Canada. And that was a month later. And I think I was weighing maybe 239 or about 245 when I did that photo shoot. Mm -hmm. And to me, I felt so much better just having that little bit of extra weight back on. Um, and I look at the pictures compared to that photo shoot compared to when I was on stage and yes, on stage, I was a lot leaner, more ripped, but to me, I felt I looked better in the photo shoot pictures where I actually was filled out a little bit more. There's a lot of people again, who will talk about reaching their lowest weight, but it not being their happiest weight. And these are people yeah. who are not competing. So this is, you know, normal people who who just feel skinny, but then discover exercise, lifting, and realize that it's not, again, about the number. It's about feeling good about yourself, liking what you say and, and loving yourself ultimately, you know, both in a physical sense and the way that you give nutrition to your body and the way you fuel yourself, the way you turn up for yourself on a daily basis, which, you know, some days are harder than the others. But overall, it's about that journey of self-improvement, which is so key. Blake, I'd love to ask, what advice would you give to anybody who is either struggling at the moment or on a journey to improve themselves. Get a good support system. Um, That's the best thing I could say. Even though it's a personal journey, you are going to need people to help you along with it. Even if it's just a good friend that you can call up and just say, Hey, I'm having a down day and they can just give you that little pep talk. Um, Just know that you're not on the journey alone. That's really important, really important. And um, I think if if anyone does find themselves on their own, luckily with the way that social media is, there are communities, there are people who will welcome you. 
And if you, you know, if it's not in physical, if it's not in the gym that you want to go to or somebody you can actually speak to, because quite often as well, for losing weight, it's one of these situations where some people feel ashamed, feel embarrassed to talk to people who are closer to them or they feel judged by those closest to them. So it can actually be quite hard sometimes to have those conversations or approach it. So I would always advise somebody reach out to to myself. I'm sure Blake, you wouldn't mind anybody reaching out to you. You've got a, a wealth of knowledge from training that you've acquired since, you know, transforming your own life. And I wanted to ask, how can people find you on the internet and through social media? Um, on Facebook, it's just Blake Goche. Um, Instagram, look up uh, the Silverback Viking. You'll see me on there as well. I, I use Instagram more for my fitness stuff. So definitely Instagram. There's my website as well, the silverbackviking.com. Uh, YouTube, I know this would be a shock, but it's also the Silverback Viking. Okay, so the Sil- <laughs> Silverback Viking is the place, you know, if they search yeah. for, for Silverback Viking, they're going to find you somewhere, which is fantastic. Exactly, exactly. Excellent. And I'd love to close, if I could, Blake, how has this journey positively changed your life? I can't even begin to describe the, all the different ways it has. From keeping up with my daughter, having my daughter asking me to slow down when we're out doing stuff because she's struggling to keep up with me and she's 18 to there's a almost 15 year age difference between my girlfriend and I. And the fact that we're going hiking together, I can actually keep up with her. Uh, she, she's a marathon runner. So the fact that I can keep up with her when we're out hiking, obviously we're not running because no. she would run circles around me, but just that I can keep up with her as well. Um, some it, I've had some people reach out to me who I've never even spoken to before, just saying, Hey, I've been following your journey and you've helped me start mine. And I'm now down 50, 70, a hundred pounds. It, it, I've been told just knowing that even though you're doing it for yourself, that you're also helping other people on their journey. It just, it, it I can't describe how good that feels. And the thing is Blake, I kind of know because as I mentioned, I started this podcast would, to actually, help yeah. people <laughs> and it doesn't come from an egotistical and arrogant place, but receiving a message that, that you know, that the effort you've made, be it through social media, through your own journey, has helped somebody. It, it just, it doesn't have a price, does it? It's just, it's so important. And I think, you know, we live in such a fast paced environment these days. We live in a society where less and less we have time for each other and make less effort for each other. But people will make the time to complain about something. So when people actually will take the time to say, hey, there's something positive, that means so much these days. Absolutely. It has even more weight, I think, behind it. It's great. And, you know, you're a, you're a lovely guy. Uh, uh, to be fair, I don't think, and I'm sure a lot of people believe this as well, I don't think I've ever met a Canadian who isn't nice. Um, you know, so <laughs> I'm sure you probably know one or two, but, you know. Oh, I, I do. I do. And I, I'll admit there are some days where I'm not the nicest person either. It's, <laughs> oh, that, that happens to <laughs> us all. You try. I, I caught you on a great day, though, it seems. So thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to join me. And thank you for being today's weight loss warrior. It's been an absolute pleasure to speak to you and I wish you all the best on your journey. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me on. It's been a real pleasure chatting with you. Take care of yourself, Blake. Thank you. You too. Thank you. Bye-bye. I'd also like to say a big thank you to you, our listeners. I appreciate you joining us at the Weight Loss Warrior podcast and would love that you become part of our tribe. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe to our podcast to never miss a new weight loss warrior tell their story. 
We share brand new episodes every single Monday and Thursday and hope that you join us next time. You can also find us on Instagram where we share great tips and advice on how you can lose weight in a safe and sustainable way. Simply search for Weight Loss Warrior Podcast and follow us today. Remember, be kind to yourself and keep looking forward. You can achieve your goals.